As humans, we tend to seek comfort. Sometimes we will try so hard to avoid pain and seek comfort that will actually cause us to never move forward in life. And that is what we are talking about in today's episode. What's going on, my friends? Welcome to this episode of King's Code Radio, where we are a movement of men, men rising up as kings, kings unto the king of kings. And today we are talking about, as humans, as men, uh, we tend to not like pain. I think back of my martial art days, uh, and we had a saying that pain is your friend, so get over it. <laughs> and so that actually, oddly enough, helped. But in life in general, we try to avoid pain and embrace comfort. And so although comfort in and of itself is not bad, where we go to get comfort uh, can be. And so we have to be careful because what I've noticed is uh, when you look back in life under trials, tribulations, and things that you've gone through, and then being on the other side of those things, how much more growth took place during that trial and that tribulation? Man, usually a lot. And I know it's been the case for myself and everyone that I've talked to. So we have to be careful because growth requires being uncomfortable, getting out of a comfortable situation to grow. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to go on over to a message that I delivered this week um, and all on the topic of really making sure that we embrace the uncomfortableness <laughs> so that we can grow. And because you're here and because you're more of an entrepreneurial-minded man, uh, you probably are already by default of the growth mindset. You, you want to move forward in life. You, you don't like being stuck. And so that's where we're going today. So sit, sit back, relax, stay tuned, and here we go. I've preached on on David. I think it was during King Camp uh, a few months back or however long it's been. And um, I, I know I've talked about David a number of times, but I want to talk about a, something I've never really thought about up until this past week. And so we're going to be starting off. We, we know the story of David and Goliath, and we're not even going to be reading the whole story. There's, like I said, one primary thing I want to focus on today. But we know the story of David and Goliath. We know how it ends for sure, right? But we're going to pick up uh, where Goliath shows himself to the Philistines for a moment. So in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, uh, starting with verse 3, it says, The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in span. He had bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out in the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Let's stop right there. I know the story continues, but we're stopping right there for a moment. 
there's a couple things that, you know, I've always looked at this from, we could, I mean, we could talk about all the cool stuff that Goliath had on and how much it weighed. And we could, we could talk about that. And we could also talk about David then, you know, going to go visit his brothers and sees and overhears Goliath and gets righteous indignation. But something that I, I've never really focused on up until this week was the soldiers on the scene right here. I suddenly it hit me where why on earth what what is going through the minds of these soldiers we know that they are dismayed and greatly afraid but these are soldiers this is what they've been trained to do what happened to cause them to forget who they were what what happened to, to these soldiers to make them lose their fight? How could fear rule over these soldiers that have been trained for the very thing that they're standing up for? They came up on the line for battle, and now they find themselves afraid and basically turning to cowards. Now, what's crazy is you, if you skip ahead, way ahead, and then David, as David is king, he has his mighty men of valor. His mighty men, they, they tore up the Philistines all day long. They had a good old time doing it. And so there's probably a whole leadership lesson in all of that. But for right now, Saul's men have turned to cowards. And the thing that I really thought was, was so crazy is, is, did these guys get so comfortable not fighting hard battles that they forgot how to be a warrior? To the point that they were allowing the enemy to dictate the rules. Think about that for a moment. Goliath, the enemy, is dictating the rules of how this battle is going to go down. Hey, you choose a guy and I'm going to fight him. And hey, if I win, you're my slaves. It, since when does the enemy get to dictate the rules? Think about that. Chew on that one. Write that one down because the enemy does not get to dictate the rules. Ever. So then we find that they are willing all these mighty men, all these soldiers, all the guys with the weapons who could have said, you know what? No, I'm not playing by your rules. We're going to swarm you and we're going to go to battle and there's going to be blood. They could have said that, but they didn't. Instead, they were okay sending a boy out. What did they think was going to happen? No one thought David was going to win. They were just prolonging their agony. They were trying to stay comfortable just a little bit longer. And as I've said, you know, this, this, it just feels like the pressure is, is getting higher, hotter, faster. Have you guys been feeling it? Feels like, ooh, someone turned up the heat a little bit. As I mentioned earlier, we had a memorial service and, uh, and, you know, and I, I had the, I told Jacob, I said, you know, even though this is going to be a hard thing to do for your own dad, and I know Kenny can relate as well, you know, I got to do one for my, my grandfather um, a number of months ago, and I said, you know, don't, don't forget, this is a privilege to be able to do this. This is something you'll be looked back on and be glad that you did it. And so when, when uh, and then, and then uh, 
well, I don't know, 12 hours before all that, um, Christy's grandma uh, had a stroke. And uh, they're just kind of waiting for the Lord to take her at this moment. And when all these things start to happen, when, when, when death is, becomes a topic, we tend to start to examine our own lives a little bit more especially when it hits home, don't we? we? We start thinking, oh man, you know, uh, could I have lived a little differently? Could, uh, am, am I living to the impact that I could be right now? Am I living for the Lord the way that I should? If, if when it becomes my turn, will I be able to look back on my life with, with I did it, yes, or, or with regret? And so when those types of circumstances and situations come up, we tend to think more like that. And personally, I like that we think like that because I think it's important we need those reality checks of going, hey, this life is but a vapor. How am I living it now? Because we like to justify and, and, and kind of make excuses. You know, someday when I retire, then I'm going to enjoy life. Then I'm going to devote some time to the family. Then when this other thing happens, then. And the thing that we forget is, how, how we spend our days is ultimately how we spend our life because our life is made up of these days. So if we're spending years making excuses, talking about, well, when this happens, then I'll, you're going to waste a lot of time. And then you get to that place many years later and you look back and go, what did I do for the kingdom? So it's good to think like that because it'll save you some <laughs> Uh, probably disappointment later on in life. Say, you know, how, am I, how can I live now to make an impact for the Lord now? But I've also found that we don't like to think like that. I've said this before. Smith Wigglesworth uh, uh, said something and, and kind of lived by this standard of, he says, if you're not progressing or moving forward every day, then you're backsliding. Slap in the face, right? How different would your life be if, if you lived to that standard? That every day that I am not moving forward with the Lord, there was, there was either drive or reverse with this guy, but there was no neutral. Either I am either moving forward or I am going backwards. There's no coasting, there's no neutral. It is drive all the way or reverse. But I found that sometimes in life, when the battle is not raging and the trials have kind of ceased and, and life is like, oh, we get a season of a break. Sometimes in that moment, in that time, we have to be careful because we get comfortable going, oh, this is, this is kind of nice. Whew, I can do some normal things now. This is kind of cool, you know. Uh, uh, wow, the pressure's not on. I don't have to be worrying all the time. And sometimes it'd be a weird adjustment. But the thing that we have to be careful of is to know that that is a season and we are so still, still supposed to stay instant, in season, out of season, ready for the battle anytime, anywhere. Because if we don't, then we are going to get comfortable not fighting. We're going to get comfortable not moving forward. And things can still be good, which justify the not moving forward all the more. Hey, this is kind of nice. This is, this is kind of cool. Like uh, the, the battle's not raging and nothing bad's going on. I can just relax for a minute. And there's nothing wrong with relaxing. Don't get me wrong. But when we choose to be comfortable, 
with not moving forward, you will end up going backwards. When, when you look at any, any form of growth in life, whether it is with the Lord, think about, think about for many, the, the first of the year, January 1 comes and you're like, man, I am going to get fit. I'm finally going to put on some muscle. I'm finally going to lose that weight, man. It is on. And then things get real uncomfortable really fast. You're like, well, none of that. I'm not dealing with that anymore. Maybe next year. Because you see, when you go to the gym, when you decide to work out, when you decide to start eating right, there is a discomfort that happens. When you are lifting those weights, you are tearing muscle. You are resisting heavy things. It is discomfort. It is not something you're like, oh, this feels nice. I don't think anyone's ever said that. But you know, okay, if I can deal with the discomfort and I can deal with the pressure, I can grow. You might have goals. You're like, hey, man, I want to be a world-class violinist. Well, guess what? It takes discomfort of countless hours, countless years of practice. And who knows, probably rubbing your fingertips raw, if that's a thing you use on a violin, probably. Not a violinist. (laughs) Even if you want to graduate school, it takes hours of discomfort of staying up late doing homework. You cannot grow and be comfortable. So that's what I'm, the main point is with these soldiers, did they get comfortable with, with life? Did they get comfortable in a way? Because we like to seek comfort. How many has said, man, if I could just get a little bit more money in the bank account, it would create enough cushion where I, it wouldn't be a stress. Oh, I, it'd be a little more, just a little more comfortable. Because we as humans like comfort. <laughs> We like comfort. But the thing is, is if we tend to always uh, uh, make a point to strive for comfort, we're going to miss out on the opportunity to really grow. So when hardships come and the battle comes, you're like, hey, this is an opportunity to grow. And many of you can look back at the battles that you have gone through and go, man, I'm a better person because of that battle. The Lord showed himself strong. I, I now know what the Lord's capable of, not just by reading it, but experiencing it because he showed up for me. And just like David having the, the history with the bear and the lion, all this stuff, before ever getting to Goliath, he had a history with the Lord saying, hey, I know the Lord is faithful. This giant ain't nothing now. But we have to be willing to not allow comfort to dictate our life. What is interesting with human, the human nature which we have to be careful of because we experience it every day, is Israel, when you, when you think of Israel and Moses as an example, they, cho- they you remember them, Moses is saying, let's go to the promised land. They are murmuring and complaining. And then they get to a place and saying, you know what? You brought us out here to die. It would be better for us to go back into slavery than to be out here and pursuing freedom. Think about that mentality. We're seeing that today. Register with some of you, huh? (laughs) 
it's one of those things where we are like, oh man, because they were conditioned to be comfortable in that moment, it was more comfortable to go back to slavery than to pursue the freedom of the promised land. It blew the Apostle Paul away because in Galatians 5.1, he actually says, uh, um, and this is dealing with more legalism, but he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty in which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again to the yoke of bondage. In the Amplified, it says, In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely, completely liberated us. Stand fast then, and do not be hampered and held or ensnared or submit again to a yoke of slavery which you once put off. Literally saying, you were a slave, but you're not anymore, so why would you go back? And this is the thing that's a trip about humans. No one likes the idea of slavery, typically. But when it all comes down to a reality of it, then we start looking and go, well, okay, no one likes the idea of slavery, but it certainly doesn't stop it from happening. How many times... Has somebody gone back to an addiction when they've been set free? And it's a trip. How many times over the, over the last 15 years has somebody, God has touched, healed, delivered, set free, healed, and they can walk, the wheelchair's over there, they are running up and down, and they choose to go back to the wheelchair. And this, there has been statements made, hey, I, I actually, it's more comfortable over there because this is actually strenuous, walking. I haven't walked in 20 years. It's discomfort. It's not comfortable. I've learned for that thing to be comfort. The wheelchair was comfort to them. So they went back to it. What? But it's true. Did I scare you? I'm sorry. (laughs) Ever want to mess with Eddie? Just mess with the sound. There we go. (laughs) I just blew a speaker. Sorry, sorry. I will not do sound effects anymore. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Yeah, that too. We even see this, though, on a more serious note, is why would a... We've seen this, where, where a woman who has escaped an abusive relationship actually goes back to an abusive relationship. There are even those that have sabotaged a good relationship to go back to the bad, abusive one simply because at least I know what to expect in this one. So in a weird, jacked-up way, there's a comfort in that compared to the uncomfortableness of being loved. We have to make sure that we're not doing that in our walk with the Lord. Have you gotten comfortable with something that's trying to steal your freedom? Something worth asking yourself and it's worth asking the Lord. Have you gotten comfortable with something that is trying to steal your freedom? I'm not going to hit this too hard because I know I hit it pretty hard last time I preached, but... I really believe that we get enslaved to things way too easy. I think many of us are enslaved to this thing right here. Every time it dings, every time it goes off, what, what is that, what is that? And we drop everything. 
it gets to the point where I get really aggravated. I'm like, man, I wish I could throw this thing away. But how many times you find that thing in your hand and you don't even know how it got there? Why am I scrolling through this? I don't even remember clicking on the app. I hate to tell you, but that's not freedom. And so if we had the mentality that many of the men in the Bible and, and, and the, the, the godly men and women of the Bible, you know what, Paul said something interesting in Romans. He said, no sin will have dominion over you. And there is a belief and a mindset there that we should all take on very quickly, that no sin, no enslavement will ever have a dominion over me. Because Jesus has already set me free. So why on earth would I choose? Why would I voluntarily go back into the cage and say, okay, yeah, I'll live here. Why would I do that? It doesn't make sense. But often we do. Because we slowly get conditioned. We slowly get desensitized. We slowly get comfortable with things that we shouldn't be getting comfortable with. I'm sure I've brought this up before, but uh, I found a story based out in India where it gave a strategy, and I'm sure it's not just India, but in how they train elephants. They get a baby elephant. They get this baby elephant. They tie a rope to its neck or to its leg. They put a wood stake in the ground and tie the rope. So that way, all right, little baby elephant, you're not leaving. You're not escaping. This is for your safety. Can't, can't go any farther than that rope right there. So this elephant grows bigger to full adulthood. You're talking about a five to six ton animal. But they grew up conditioned to a certain belief system. Oh, the rope's on me, and that little wood stake is in the ground. I must not be able to go past that. And they never attempt to. This thing could rip that stake out of the ground like nothing. It's like, bing, a little toothpick. But they don't because they got comfortable being conditioned to this far. All right, this is only how far I'll go. It's for my own protection. <laughs> how often do we do that as, as people? I think the enemy works a lot like this, is if he can slowly start throw things at you to condition you, to get condition you and condition you even more you'll accept things that you would have normally never accepted. What is attempting to take away your freedom? And maybe even more importantly, what are you doing about it? I believe some of you have been called, and God is calling right now, to stand for freedom in a way that you have not had to stand before. Maybe it is to stand for what is going on in the nation, the world, the state, the county, <laughs> whatever it may be. God's calling you to say, you know what? No, you're not going to conform anymore. You're not going to be conditioned anymore. And there's a whole bunch of people being conditioned. They don't even know it. So you got to stand. Maybe, maybe God's calling you to be a David when amongst a whole bunch of Goliaths. And that is why that we have to be not operating in fear. That is why we need to be walking close with the Lord. So when he says, hey, I need you to do this thing, you'll be ready, just like David was. Because if you're not, you'll end up being like the other soldiers. 
facing the exact same problem, exact same scenario, handling it completely different. What kind of place would those soldiers, what, what kind of mindset, what kind of, what kind of life were they living where a bunch of soldiers would let a boy go out and do their job? I start reading this last week and I realized that David was not just fighting Goliath. Maybe I should say, Goliath was not the only enemy. Because as we continue to read in verse uh, 38, it says, So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with a coat of mail, and David fastened his sword to his armor who tried to, or, and tried to walk. For he had not tested them, and David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these. For I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from a brook and put them in his shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand. Goliath wasn't the only enemy. I started looking at things a little differently when reading this. I said, okay, Lord, Goliath is the enemy. But the soldiers represent religion. Think about this. Religion will tell you, hey, you got to look a certain way, you have to do a certain way, and you have to do it like this so you can have the form of godliness. But you know what? When it actually comes right down to it, we don't really know what we're doing. And so he's trying, he's trying to form uh, David into something and do it a religious way rather than the way the Lord had called him to do it. And religion will always do that to you. You have to do it like this. You have to follow these steps and these rules. And Jesus is saying, hey, why don't you just follow me and I'll show you how to do it. They were trying to force armor that didn't fit on him so that he could look the part. But see, David said, no, I'm not doing that. And often, as we have seen over the past even almost two years, religion's not getting the job done. Christ followers is going to what's get the job done. People that are willing to say, you know what, I'm willing to stand when no one else is willing to stand. I am willing to fight when no one's willing to fight. And I'm not going to do it under my own guidance. I'm going to do it because I'm walking with Jesus and he's told me to do it. So I can walk with a boldness. I can walk with a confidence knowing that he is standing in between me and the enemy. Romans 12.2, you know the verse where it talks about be not conformed to this world. A couple of the translations says, don't let the world try to put you in its mold. Similar to what David's feeling. Hey, you're, you're trying to just cram me into armor that's not built for me. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Patterns is what slowly starts to get you conditioned. You start seeing, hey, this is happening. It's repetition. It's this is happening. Oh, this is happening. You know, this isn't so bad anymore, and this is okay. And you know what? Now I don't even, it doesn't even bother me anymore. Don't let yourself be squeezed into the shape dictated by this present age. That's why you never let the enemy dictate the rules. And you have the authority in Jesus Christ to say, not today, devil. You don't get to dictate the rules, ever. 
There are three things. We're almost done. That I want you to know that you, you, you got to have. If you have a choice to say, I'll rise up like David did and stand against the enemy. It looks like an impossible situation. This situation is far bigger than me, and I am not capable of doing this thing on my own. Or you can say, I'm going to be like the other soldiers, and hey, I got my group. I got my group, and we can all be losers together. And try to find someone else, and we'll wait for someone else to do the job that we're supposed to do. You have a choice of which one you want to be. There are three things, though, that you got to understand and you got to have, you got to own. Number one is your identity. If you don't know who you are, or more importantly, who the Lord is in you, you will waver, you will cower, and you will forget who God has called you to be, just like those soldiers did. They forgot who they were, so they would not stand against Goliath. But you see, when your identity is in the Lord and you get your, your identity from him, you know that, hey, you know what? I am accepted. I am redeemed. I am protected. I am secure. I am loved. I am a new creation. I am a victor and not a victim anymore. But see, if you don't know that, the enemy's going to start throwing things at you, bring up things of the past, Guilt, shame, condemnation, and every other thing under the sun. And you will cower down and go, oh, yeah, I'm not qualified. I don't think he's here now, but Mike Sharp and I had a good conversation with a group of guys on, uh, on Thursday, I think it was. And we were talking about identity. He brought up a great point. He said, you know, we we're talking about the importance of why men put our identity in, in, in things and our jobs and, you know, capabilities and abilities and all these things, right? And, and he brought up a great point. He said, you know what? When we put our identity in other things other than the Lord, we are really putting our identity in things that are changing. They're not stable. Things will change. Health will change. Abilities will change. And when so those things go away, you are now in an identity crisis. But Jesus is a constant, stable thing. So when we put our identity in him, we know with a confidence that, hey, this isn't changing. The Lord is not going to be someone different tomorrow. The Lord's not going to abandon me tomorrow. So when we have our identity in him, we know who we are. We know who he is in us. We can stand against those things and say, oh, no, you don't understand. You're not dealing with a religious person. You're dealing with a Christ follower. Number two is you have to know the authority in which you have been given. Jesus has given you the authority to go and take dominion back from the enemy. And so when the enemy is creeping in, yelling and screaming, saying, no, 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 this is how it's going to be. This is what I'm saying it's going to be like. You have the authority to say, no, you don't get to dictate the rules. You have been given the authority to tell the devil to go. And if you need a reminder, Luke 10, 19 says that you have been given authority to trample on all snakes and scorpions and overcome all the powers of the enemy and nothing, nothing by any means shall harm you. So every creepy crawly thing the enemy would try to send your way, you have authority over. You don't have to listen to the lies anymore. You don't have to listen to the deceit anymore. And you certainly don't have to be a slave anymore. Number three is you got to have God's heart. If you do not have God's heart, you're going to end up hurting somebody. And you're going to probably be a jerk while doing it. 
Because see, when you, when you have the Father's heart, you love what he loves and you hate what he hates. You, you have his heart on situations and scenarios as they come up and you know what it is that you're supposed to do. And it comes by spending time with him. This is all a part of walking daily with Jesus. If we say we are Christ's followers, this is what we should be walking in. Hey, I'm walking with Jesus daily. I'm seeking his heart daily. I'm, I'm asking what I should pray for daily with a confidence of knowing who I am and who he is. So whatever he calls me to, what he calls you to, you're ready to go. You're ready to go. Again, either moving forward or in reverse. Which one are you? Worship team, come on back up. If you know that you have, that God is telling you that you are, that there's something you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be standing for something. You're supposed to be um, uh, fighting against something. You know that God is calling you to do more than what you've done in the past. He know, you know that he has called you out of a place of comfort into discomfort, but you know it's a God thing and it's a good thing. If, if that's you, I'd like you to stand up for a moment. All right, guys, I hope you got something good out of that. And I hope that this is a good reminder that run to the Lord for comfort, but also don't be so afraid of pain and discomfort that uh, you are avoiding growth because we want to grow. We want to grow. We want to be whole. We want to walk this earth as whole men rising up as kings, kings under the king of kings. And so if you'd like to find more about that, I encourage you to join us on thekingscode.com. Also check us out on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and also we are hosting a uh, virtual three-day summit for married men that are going through a hard time in their marriage. And you can find out more about that at going to winbackyourwife.com. All right, guys, until next time, God bless.